kind of you Al. Yeah, pleasure to be on this uh, um, podcast with Gus Toon and my buddy Al. So yeah, intros, uh, Jets fan, how did I become a Jets fan? That's a long, long time ago, back in the 80s. So I'm one of those rare specimens that actually liked uh, the Jets when it was at school with no way to watch a game or even listen to a game. So we had to get the results either from the phone on Monday mornings or from the newspaper on his paper round the next day. I fell in love with the Jets because of Ken O'Brien, uh, Wesley, Walk- uh, Wesley Walker, Al Toon, Freeman McNeil, the Sack Exchange, and we just, just destroyed Miami 51-45 back in the, the 86 season. Those were the days. They were the, they were the glory days. They were the glory days. Uh, so... I chose them because I'm a big Wolves fan and my team of Wolves were nearly going to get relegated out of the, the whole league. It went from first, second, third, fourth and thought, oh my God, let's support the best team that the NFL could offer. So when I was at school, I picked a team and believe it or not, the Jets were 10-1 and 1 in that season. <laughs> same, same as the Giants. And then, as everybody knows, back in, those, well, in that season, we go and lose five in a row. So you a fan, yeah? <laughs> What's that? As soon as you became a fan, we lost five as in a row. As, as soon as I became a fan, we lost five <laughs> games in a row. Uh, got into Pat Ryan, came on to substitute Ken O'Brien because he went down the toilet. We had loads of injuries and defence. Uh, made the playoffs, beat Kansas in the playoffs. Then uh, Gastineau did his uh, roughing the passer thing against Cleveland. But to me, that was they had the best emblem, the logo, the team character i love new york city fell in love and from there being a diehard fan uh, and then um used to watch it on the tv and then um in my house in bristol with no other jets fans no other jets fans so i was, I was a lonely soul watching it, <laughs> watching it with a dolphins fan actually um yeah it was embarrassing and then uh, so i thought f this I'm going to go to New York, quit my job, went over to the States, 
all because of the, the Mark Sanchez years. We went two years in a row to the AFC Championship. I thought I need a piece of this Super Bowl action. Uh, got there uh, with the ex-missus. Got her to quit her job as well. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and then it went over. Uh, went to hang uh, tailgating at D4. Met some great people. Uh, got a season ticket, spent a few years, uh, three years over there. Never saw the Jets win the Super Bowl. G- came back, <laughs> came back and um, went down the Apple Joe Casino. Uh, found out they played the games. I was surrounded by Cleveland Brown fans, about 30. Uh, literally when I got there, I was about 30 fans. And then I saw this geezer wearing the Jets shirt <laughs> and it, I said, oi, oi, mate, <laughs> J-E-T-S. And it was that, out. That, that, that's where I come in, is it? Can and I that's, just the that's the record. And we've been watching it down the Hippo, Hippodrome Casino, Leicester Eight Square. We got, yeah, uh, nearly, well, since 2015 for me. But yeah, so uh, we've got a big posse down there. And uh, anyone's welcome at any time. So, uh, and yeah. even, even the manager of the Hippo, uh, he was wearing a Patriot shirt. Until I had a little one-to-one chat with him about the error of his ways. And now he's a die-hard Jets fan. And he buys everybody free drinks. Uh, <laughs> down the... Uh, on a Sunday night, because, boy, we've needed it. Yeah. We have needed it the last 12 years. Can I just say, I've got photographic evidence of that conversation. I've got a photo <laughs> of you, drunk, talking to Mike while he's wearing a Patriots t-shirt. And we're all mocking you, Shep. Um, calling out, oh, I'm fraternising with the enemy. And <laughs> next week, Mike shows up in a Revis jersey. Awesome. <laughs> and ever since then, yeah, he's, um, he's been converted. Yeah. It's always great to convert somebody as well, especially an inter-division rival, and uh, jinx them forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. exactly. He's a top so, bloke, Mike. Top bloke. Yeah. Um, for my part, I've, I've been a Jets fan um, since like the very last playoff game. So. So drafting Geno Smith and onwards. So you talk about your bad streak of five defeats, John. I've had <laughs> 11 years. Um, surely this year. Surely this at year. Least seen, surely this at, least year. I've, at least I've seen nope. a playoff game. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, this year I'm going to get one. That's, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as John said, I, so I started going to the Hippodrome in 2012. Um, and uh, John appeared over... His head popped up over a sea of Browns fans in 2015, and that's kind of when it really started. Uh, and last year we had, I think it was about 58 people in for the for the Patriot Jets fans for the yeah. Patriots game, um, which is the most we've ever had. But normally we're about between 10 and 15 of us last year. Although I will say there were times during the Gase days, the the absolute back end of the season, the arse end of the season, as they say. It was me, John, and Nigel sitting there, like the only Jets fans in the building, two wins in, um, really, really miserable, uh, sitting in the Hippodrome. So um, we've hey, been through I'll, it. I'll give you miserable. I spent two weeks out in the, the States. I went to the Jacksonville game and then the Miami game in oh. the. I'll give you miserable. <laughs> <laughs> we've all, yeah. Jets fans, we've all got stories of misery. You didn't spend thousands going to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but um, hey, so you, basically, um, for the listeners, 
you guys have known each other for a while and it's obvious just listening to you talking um the rapport and the friendship that you've got um between you and it's that's such it's so amazing and what's what i'll absolutely love of, of, about all of that is it's the jets that have brought you together and, yeah. and you're now in your um you, you got married three years ago married three kids two three, dogs yeah. and an elephant <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah all that no 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 john and i <laughs> not yet, anyway. john was at my wedding um uh making a nuisance of himself there so and we had we had a, we had a group of about four or five jets boys that had come down for the wedding and they just formed their own little posse around the pool table and, and hung out and talked jet stuff all night so um no it's great it, it properly it's a it's a great way to come together because i think when you're in when you're in like uh, i guess we're a foreign country aren't we because we're in england when you're in a foreign country like <laughs> A love for the Jets is the thing that brings you together. Oh, for sure. You can't you can't be kind of a neutral um, Jets fan if you're in the UK. Do you know what I mean? No, if no. you're a Jets fan in the UK, you're all in. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. The funny thing is, it's, it's um, when, when oh god, I'm going right back. I mean, I think I joined Twitter in 2009, and prior to joining Twitter, I was on. Uh, a website called gangreen.com and jetnation.com uh, which is probably the more well-known of the two but i think gangreen was probably going before um and i'd been on there for years and years and years uh and there were very very few uk posters on there there there, there were a couple but there, there wasn't that many so then when i joined twitter it's like all of a sudden i'm like I'm talking to somebody and they say something and i'm thinking that terminology was quite British. Where are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm in the UK. I'm in Carlisle. Wow. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's like, where are you? Oh, I'm in London. And like, where are you? Bristol. And like, it's like, yeah, all yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. All of a sudden, there's like, and it spiraled. And, and I, think, I think at that point, Facebook was more popular than Twitter was. And I, I think word kind of spread in the Facebook community and slowly people came from Facebook onto Twitter. And now we have Jets Twitter and any yeah. rookie is going to get voted rookie of the week, Pepsi rookie of the week. Yeah. Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've taken over. Insanely we've taken over the Twitterverse. Uh, and, 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 you know, there is a huge contingent of UK fans there. A lot of them, I think, lurk. I mean, on particularly in the off-season. During the season, I... Um, like even the podcast, the, the, the viewing, uh, the listening figures go right up during the um, the season and they tail off a bit in the off-season, to be expected, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of Twitter people, the UK users, I don't think are as active, but they may be lurking. But um, it'll be good to see everybody back and it'll be interesting to see everybody back. We had that great season, we had that great draft and oh, there was yeah. a lot of interest that was generated uh, within the 2022 season because of that, because we signed Source, because we signed Garen Wilson and all that. Which gentleman brings me on to the draft this year? Yeah. Can We've I lost John, you? by the way, Gus, you know that. You what? We've lost John, by the way. He, 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 he dropped off about five minutes ago. Oh, I thought it was quiet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll rejoin. He's got he's got a link, right? Yeah, he has. Yeah. Oh, I wonder where he's gone. Maybe, he's, maybe he's finally given up on us, mate. After like eight years, he's finally given up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's back. 
Guys, there he is. Yeah, that was really weird because I, I you guys chatting away, and every time I tried to say something, you just cut me off. Wait, just ignore it. Just ignore me. So I wondered, I wondered why, I wondered why you guys wasn't anybody responding to my, my questions that were my input. That was oh my god, is this is how it's going to roll. This is how it's going to roll. And I, I got it. I can hear you. And then because somebody's trying to ring, uh, somebody kind of called me. So obviously that cuts it off. Yes, so, it does. Uh, it does it. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. So bear that in mind, guys. If it get cut off, just let me know. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. All right. No worries. So, I heard all that, and, and just to sum up, so yeah, I did hear all that. So the first time we met Gus was down that draft party, um, you know, two years ago with Nick Mangold when That's we all nice. organised that night at um, in the was it Shoreditch? Oh, it was, it was um, London Bridge. Uh, London Bridge. Yeah, London Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, was, that was that was great. There's about how many Jets fans were there? We had a big photograph as well. About 35, 40, all wearing oh, Jets jerseys. Way more than that. It was brilliant, yeah. And there was one guy with a Ken O'Brien tattoo. Uh, he came all the way down from up north just for the day and drove back at like two o'clock in the morning. And that's, you know, that was a lot of dedicated, there's a lot of dedicated Jets fans there. That's brilliant. That's the first yeah. time I've seen like a whole massive crew of UK Jets fans. I know you've been chatting Gus to loads of Jets fans on Twitter, but it's just great to talk Jets with UK people because it's, it's, it's been, been hard find for me to find you get Jets fans. Yeah, for me for, uh, for years. Definitely yeah. with someone more interesting to talk to. Uh, we're talking draft, Gus, yeah? We are. This year's draft. We are talking this year's draft. And I want to know, you guys, um, I'll just run through the draft picks. Will McDonald, Joe Tipman, Carter Warren, Izzy Israel Abanikanda, Zaire Barnes, Jarek Bernard Converse, and Zach Keffler. How you say this? Kuntz. Favorite <laughs> pick out of all of that lot. Um, so, so I, I've been talking about Nick Mangold. For me, we've been crying out for a centre, yeah. uh, you know, for a long time. So the Tipman draft was the was the one that made me happiest in terms of we don't know what he's going to be yet, but but drafting a centre and and um, just kind of getting that position, addressing that position, was the biggest sort of. Um, uh, thumbs up for me. But the player I'm most excited about is the running back, Abikanda, even though we've got an amazing yeah. running back room. You he's talk about falling in love with someone's YouTube videos. He is. Uh, is he? He's a, the thing I like about Abikanda is he's a one-cut back. Bang. So yeah. if this O-line isn't particularly good at blocking, i.e. holding their, holding their blocks, he's the sort of back that doesn't need the line to hold the blocks. So he's like a one-cut guy. Bang. See yeah. the whole gone, and I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, because I would say about Joe Tittman is when we were on the clock, um, John Michael Smith was still there, yeah, as well. And oh, like, we've got to, it's got to be Schmitz, it's got to be Schmitz. So the first one that we didn't get was Jackson Smith Najigba, which then we took McDonald's, gutted about that. And I hope that McDonald's pick, I understand why we've got McDonald's. But I still think you should have surrounded um, Aaron Rodgers with more weapons. We've just got rid of um, Denzel Mims, traded him unbelievably for a seventh. Can't believe that. Yeah. But uh, no, the, the, you know that you realise that that was that was inevitable. The minute we didn't draft Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, when yeah. we have somebody somebody coming up in the draft and we already have a play with that name, we draft them. That's like right. Ball and Brees Hall. Um, we double up. We double up. We didn't double up on the Mims, so you knew it was inevitable. <laughs> 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 
So I wanted, yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to get uh, John Michael Schmitz, but we didn't. We've got Joe Tipman. Uh, there's a lot of people that are saying, um, oh God, I can't remember the name. There's a, oh, I can't remember his flipping name now. But um, the the kid out of uh, Ohio State. There's a oh jeez, Baldy, Baldy's breakdowns. Oh, Bald- was, oh yeah, yeah. Joe Tipman being the best centre in the draft. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, okay. He's six foot five, which is typically too tall for a centre, but he does get to the second level. So yeah, I'm with you. We absolutely needed the centre, and I'm with you. Izzy is going to be something to watch, I think. So yeah, yeah I mean, bear, bear in mind you got um, yeah. I think that's a good good shout. Definitely a good shout. I mean, Breeze Hall, who is an absolute legend, and is going to have a fantastic season this season. May start off a bit slow because of his injury. Michael Carter, um, he's just, you know, as the third down receiving back, to be honest with you. So, but Izzy gives us a bit of that spunk, which is, you know, which is definitely needed. But to me, for me, you know, with Garden, the fact that Aaron Rodgers, he's only here for like two years max, you know, possibly. You know, possibly. <laughs> um, so we've got a very, very short window. And I thought, yeah. really, you know, Will McDonald is going to be good, but you know he's going to learn the system this year, and you know it'd be hard for him to contribute much. To be honest, it'd be amazing if he does, and he, he's got that potential. But you know, I was really disappointed that we didn't get Broderick Jones. Um, that Patriots sniped, gave away their pick, and um, Pittsburgh sniped him just before we selected McDonald. So that would have been awesome to get him. Um, Offensive tackle, because that's as we, you know, an area of weakness. You know, we've got Drain Brown, thirty-eight-year-old uh, left tackle. He could get injured. Beckton, I know, I know he's slimmed down a lot, but you know, he's he's only played like one. So you know, how is he going to play this season? So our depth on the uh, yeah the O uh, tackle positions a bit iffy. So you know, hopefully, hopefully Joey's the main man. Joe D, you know, he can get somebody. You know, like one of these uh, vets that get cut. Well, who else have we got at tackle, though? We've got Max Mitchell. We've got Carter Warren, the draftee. Yeah. Missing we've got, someone. We've got Kajus, um, Panky, yeah. Senat, Billy Turner's the one that came over that's played with... That's um, right, from um, Green Bay. Obviously, we've got Carter Warren. So, actually, on... Actually, on our roster at the moment, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six... We've got eight offensive tackles currently on roster. Yeah. Well, we still we've got, 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 got Oh, yeah, he's still out. Now he's got cut. He got oh, cut. they got cut, did they? Oh, there you go. Yeah. He, he went didn't about two months. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. See you later, Cedric. <laughs> uh, I, I thought he actually did all right last year. There's, um, I'm going to mention this because um, I, I was going to bring this up a bit later, but I'll talk about it now. Uh, we did draft in the sixth round, our second sixth round pick. We drafted this guy out, LSU, Jarek Bernard Converse. Yeah, who, I, I, li- I like him. He's gonna, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to yeah, be good. He really interests me. Um, he did transfer. I can't remember where he transferred from, but he transferred and he... Before he transferred, he was playing free safety. Then he went to LSU and started playing corner. The reason why I bring this up is because I am really, really, really worried about our safety. We're playing Amos, 
Sorry, US people, but it's Amos. It's not Amos. It's Amos. <laughs> I'm really sorry, and it really annoys <laughs> A-M-O-S as A-M-I-S. It isn't. It's Amos. But anyway, <laughs> Gary Bernard Converse. He's an interesting um, catch because he has played free safety before, and he did play at a decent level. We've got Tony Adams at free safety. Like it, Tony, Adams. Adams. Tony Adams. Tony Adams. Well, <laughs> not that Tony Adams, but um, another Tony Adams. And um, we've got Whitehead and we've got Amos, largely. And we've got Ashton Davis. But if Ashton Davis sees the field at free safety, we're cooked. We really don't, forget, don't forget Will Parks. Uh, Will Parks is gone. He's got cut. I got yeah, cut. but you know, you know, you know, he's going to be the first one through the door as soon as I've got space for him. Be, they keep cutting back. him and bringing him back and cutting him and bringing him back. He'll be back. He'll be back. So we should rename the door at One Jet's Drive the Will Parks door because <laughs> he's just getting out of it so much. We've got Trey Dean as well. Trey Dean uh, was a, a rookie, undrafted free agent out of Florida. Uh, he's interested. There's a, there's a couple of people um, that I follow who think, think that Trey Dean could surprise in camp. So I think the free safety, strong safety situation at camp is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Personally, I want Tony Adams. He's got the range, he's got the length to play free safety. He's he can explode onto the ball. He he needs he's still very very raw. But Adrian Amos, his stats have trended down in the last season, particularly, and he got absolutely burnt on occasions. I'm really not sold on Amos. I'm gutted that Clark is no longer able to play that role. Yeah. That Clark was going to be there. I think. I think the fact that they, the fact that they went and got Clark shows that they knew this yeah. was going to be a position that was going to be a problem. And then when Clark went, they went and got Amos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they, they obviously know it's a position that's got a question mark over it because all those list of names there, you named four or five players off the top of my head, and and any one of them could end up being the starter. Which it's is not like you've got this guy's definitely the guy. Could be Ashton Davis, could be Tony Adams, could be Amos, could be, Do you know what I mean? Um <laughs> so so that does kind of I know what you mean. It's 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 interesting. It's it, it's a bit so weird because with the, the edge rushes, and I was gonna say this earlier, when was the last time you guys can remember the Jets drafting a player in the first round that wasn't necessarily an immediate starter? Cool. Which God. shows the depth yeah. we've got. Mm. Edge rusher and on the D line, and yet, uh, but in a good way because you've got JJ and you've got Carl Lawson and you've got JFM and obviously Big Quinn and now with his new contract, um, and that's kind of a good problem to have. Like, where do you see Will McDonald playing? Where's he going to get his impact? But safety's the opposite. It's kind of like yes, it we've is. got a lot of options, but we're not sure if any of them are any good yet. No, mm. out of the bunch, as I say, if I wanted someone to win that job simply because I know what we, we would have with Amos and uh, with Whitehead. And it's, if Amos and Whitehead start, there's going to be a battle to see who has the most missed tackles out of those two. <laughs> Whitehead had something like 17 missed tackles last year, as, as, as well as look, my favourite Jet, um, Quincy Williams, he had 17 missed tackles as well. But now we've got Amos. We've got two safeties that can't flip and tackle. I mean, Whitehead's angle, I mean, I've, I've said this about Ashton Davis so many times. He's not a football player. He's an athlete. He, he mm. can't read the game well. He's out of position. Because he's out of position, he always has a bad angle. 
same goes for Jordan Whitehead. I think that's a lot of the reason why he misses tackles because he's not in the right place. He's not reading the, the plays. Anyway, the only thing I'd say about about that though is it's his first year in the system last year, and I always like to give players, particularly experienced players that have come over from another from another system, like one year of kind of like a little bit of grace when you go all right. Yeah. You know, maybe it's positional isn't quite right and things like that. We'll see this year how good Jordan Whitehead can be. Because he played well for Tampa. He yeah. did. Yeah. That Tampa oh. defense back end when they were in the Super Bowl. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that, that's why it was so important to sign Q because, you know, he's got that pass rush up the middle. And uh, besides Chris Jones, he's got, he had the most sacks from the interior, didn't he? So having that can certainly help alleviate that, what we just talked about that safety weakness but you know we've got we've got to have great we've got to have as much injury luck on the corners you know this year as did last year if Sauce or DJ Reed get any injuries then it's going to look a totally different picture they're going to be targeted ahead of a lot which could be quite good because you never know it might go into a shootout and Aaron Rodgers would then have to put his finger out, and uh, we got the weapons. We have got the weapons. We really do, don't we? We really from do. Being a, from being a, it's going to be a run-orientated, slow-pace kind of offense. We know that. But if That's we do have those injuries though, right? in the D, then you know a few shootouts could happen. Yeah. Forget back. Um, I forget who it was that mentioned. It. I think it was John that mentioned the Quinn and Williams deal. So we've got Q signed. And I can't help but think it's weird how all this stuff has suddenly happened. So we get to hear that we're going to be on hard knocks. So that has to have been agreed the day before, before the news came out. But then the day before, we, we hear that Quinnen has signed his deal. So I'm so glad that that's not going to be something that's going to feature on oh, hard knocks. Yeah. Rubbish that hard knocks would love to run with and make something out of it. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. So how when, when, what year out. was that? What year was that when Revis and the saga on Hard Knocks was that? That was um, 2011. Oh, is it 10? It, it was 11, I remember. So, because when I went to America, we had the, um, the free agency, didn't start till late, late. It was 2011, wasn't it? It was like, didn't start till July that year. I think we were on Hard Knocks then, or was it the following year? I can't remember. So, the hard nuts was the, the let's eat a snack year, right? That was. Oh God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes me happy. Every time I see that clip, it makes me happy. <laughs> Just okay. the passion with which you delivered the line. 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think um, I think signing Q is is massive. It means that um, we're going to spend, our, our offence is going to have more time on the field, which is really important because it means our, our defence is well stacked to get off the field quickly and get our offence back on the field. And the way our running back room and, and the weapons that we've got, you know, we're going to be having some some long drives and long times in possession. I think that's what we're going to be um, trying to achieve next year. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the Quinn and deal. As I said prior to saying, so glad it's not a story on hard knocks. Well, the other thing, mate, the, the other thing that's not a story on Hard Knocks um, is is the other it got announced pretty much the same day that Will McDonald and Joe Tittman signed their rookie deals. Yeah, that's amazing. And again, that's happened before as well. So it's like the Jets are going, right, here's all the things that could feature on Hard Knocks. Let's get them all checked off, dot the I's and cross the T's. 
Well, I think you're right. And, and I think that this is why it's been announced so late, because I think the Jets have turned round to Hard Knocks and said, right, OK, we understand that you, you want us to be featured. We can't deny you that. We can't stop that from happening. But this, we, we want to get these things done before that happens. And I think you're right. And I think it's a non-story. And it, this Hard Knocks could pro- possibly be the most boring Hard Knocks there's ever been. Hey, let's mm. hope so. So... Uh, there's, so on hard knock, we're, we're kind of like bouncing around here with the hard knock thing. I am not an advocate of this, uh, and it's quite polarising at the moment on Twitter. It's split Jets fans. It's the, the Jets do, do one. Do you remember Joe Joe Douglas was the Turk once, and he got yeah. filmed the yeah, Well, the Jets are now saying that they don't want um, players being filmed. That you know their their career with the Jets is over. So basically, they don't want them filmed with the Turk. I have to say, I'm I'm in agreement with that because it's not just like a, a one-off where the film crew's there and people go, oh yeah, yeah, poor guy, you know, he's down, his career. And some of these guys, they'll never play pro football again. That's it. Mm-hmm. But once you've recorded that and it's on wherever it is, Netflix or HBO or wherever, it's out there forever. It's out there forever. It's not just a one-off thing. There yeah. forever. Personally, I don't want to see it's making entertainment out of uh, something that, that really you don't need to actually, in my opinion, it's just my opinion. You might think differently, but I don't personally think that we need to see that. You can see them knocking on the door, but you don't see the actual conversation. I don't want to see that, but I, I, will I, I agree it. with you, except that. <laughs> except that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. And, and I feel like now we're in a situation where if we're taking away all of the production company's toys, they'll look for new toys and they'll find them and they'll create drama that isn't there. And uh, and um, and I think that, that it, there's a weird kind of safety from a Jets perspective in, well, we know what they're going to do. They're going to follow some uh, undrafted free agent, uh, you know, who's on, on the bubble and they're going to follow his story and, and even the players know that's going to happen, uh, and and then uh, and then he'll be the sort of the um, uh, the victim um, that all the viewers fall in love with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and like I said, it's the devil you know. We we know the format; they've done it every single year. So we just kind of like suck it up and go. We know this is happening. Now we're kind of walking into a situation where we don't know what they're going to come at us with, but they're going to come at us with something because that's their job. Yeah, this is true. And, and, and you know, if it's 1990 and there's no boat getting rocked, is it TV? Is that what they want? No. They, they, they want to have some drama. They, they want the characters to come out. And, and, and yeah. I, I think there are plenty of characters to come out. <laughs> I think, that my, for me, again, he's my favourite player on the Jets. I think Quincy Williams is going to... The likes of... Um, Carter the first, not Carter the second. I think uh, Michael Carter will feature quite heavily. I think um, Quincy Williams, I think actually the Williams brothers might feature as, as a tandem rather than singularly. I'm just tuning in to watch Michael Clemens, mate. Well, the thing is with Michael Clemens, he doesn't actually say much. So I think there might be a lot of... Uh... He doesn't have to say much. He rocks up, <laughs> he rocks up <laughs> training uh, bare-chested with a back covered in barbed wire. Work now. <laughs> I just. Did you see that image? With my stick. Where, where did he park his bat after he put it down? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guy brings to work for his tools. Yeah. 
because I, that was it's quite interesting. We do have a lot of characters. Obviously, we've got Sauce and we've got um, Garrett as well. They're going to feature quite heavily, and, and rightly so, because of what they are and what they've achieved. And so they should do a they should do a hard knock featuring Michael Clemens on the night out, <laughs> beating randoms, beating <laughs> randoms on the streets of New York. What uh, call it training camp. What the Jets, what the Jets should do is they should they should put the producer of Hard Knocks in a room with Michael Clemens and go, you wanna you wanna follow this guy around? Because <laughs> if you follow this guy around, you might get the story, but he's not gonna let you publish it. <laughs> Michael, think twice. Stop recording now. <laughs> right. So the team itself, I think we've got a relatively strong team all over. I've highlighted the safeties, which I think I think we can all agree that the, the the biggest weakness in the team is the safety position, both of them. So, what do you guys think is our strongest uh, position group? Defensive line. D line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I actually think the receiver core is is quite strong as well. Um, but the D line's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. If we got another... that's a that's a sadder trait though, you know, going all yeah. the way back to the 49ers, that's how they won. That's how they successful, isn't it? You know, rotation. At the end of the game when people are knackered, you know, you get somebody in that's just as good as when a starter. Yeah. And you just boom, boom, boom. Those guys, Johnson and McDonald, that's where they could they could excel at yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Tackle, 350 pounder, he's sweating it out. And uh, these guys have got the pass rush, and we've got a bit of a lead, and boom, you know. That's such a good take, sacks. mate. That's such a good take. It's so right. I'm, um, I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to get have someone like um, JJ, Jermaine Johnson, and we've got McDonald, and then we've got. I like Bryce Huff, and I know that he has got elite get off. The problem I've got with Bryce Huff is he's only ever on the field on absolute positive pass plays. We know that 100% pass plays. For, for me, it, that is a little bit of a luxury. And I think what this is where I'm going with this. If Jermaine Johnson steps up to where I think he will end up, I think his seat, he's, he's got a long way to go. I think Jermaine Johnson could very well get double digit sacked. And he's a more rounded player. When you play someone like Huff, you're taking away plays from other people, more rounded players like Johnson. And if a team came in for Bryce Huff and offered us a third, I'd bite their hand off. Would you? What would what, you do? situation? Because did well, I thought his contract was up? Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah. I think I, you can't. Have, I think you can't have enough pass rushers, just in case. Well, yeah. Bryce gone next year there's no way they're picking up his option so Bryce Huff's gone next year as yeah. as is oh goodness Carl Lawson no Carl Lawson's got two years Lawson will be gone next year as well has Lawson gone next year is he yeah he's, right. a, well, he's a free agent well, I, I think we need him I think we need him like you know when uh, you know when when, the, when we're in the Super Bowl and you know do what how the Eagles beat uh, Tom Brady in those a few years ago well, it was 38 35 and he stripped stripped sacked him i can't remember the guy's name but at the end of the game you want those pass rushers you want those pass rushers you know do the business clinch the super bowl for us Roy's oh. pop is going to strip sack 
He's going to do the strip sack in the Super Bowl. There's, that's there's a hot take, guys. Right now, first, uh, kind of effectively the first podcast of the season. Who is gonna? Who's gonna have the big play in the Super Bowl? If we win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. The Huffmeister. The Huff. Huff You're Meister. going with Huff, are you? Huffmeister is gonna do it. I sense it. Yeah. Sense yeah. It. Okay. John's yeah. called it. Everybody. It's <laughs> 20th of July, 2023, <laughs> and it's been called by John Love the, the Huffmeister. <laughs> Getting a strip sack in the Super Bowl. I might get year. my my Huff jersey on the twenty fourth when the new well, logo comes out. Well, there's already a guy on the roster that's already done that. Who was that? A strip sack in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh oh oh Je- no JFM no JFM. Correct. John Franklin Morris. Yeah. Rams was it? That when he was playing on the Rams, he did. Wow, yeah. that was such a stab. I'm so happy I got that right. So, <laughs> got that guy. He's already on. He's already. But, um, that oh, means two two strip sacks then. Two jerseys I got to get. <laughs> this is the thing. So jersey. Yesterday, there was an intern at Florham Park. Yes. With his stepdad. So this was a stepson and stepdad. Stepdad was a photographer, and I don't know which one it was, but one of them was taking a video of some guy stood there, looking very much like a not a football player, and in the background is a curtain and there's a light, a little chink of light. Now, in two minds, whether this was sneaked or leaked, was it sneaked or was it leaked? But. Behind this curtain, I, I'm taking you guys have seen it. Yeah. There's someone face that looks a lot like DJ Who's Your Mama, who's Umazada. Who's your mama? Yeah. And it, where's your mama? Very much like the eighties throwback, the white with the green trim. Yeah. The, the famous Gastino pictures. So if you don't know I've read the, it, I've read about it. I couldn't I think they deleted the, the video because I've seen it. it. I've, I've, I've seen it. I think it's on our WhatsApp chat, John. I'll send it yeah, to no, you. Yeah, no, I couldn't um yeah, but it, it didn't show the video. Well I've got I've got it. I've i Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've seen it. Um desperate, desperate. Can I just quickly say can, can I just quickly say, Gus, that is a world class segue by the way. <laughs> You've been doing this for a while. This was this was that was a great segue into this jersey. And yeah, yeah, it looks looks amazing. I have been after because back in the day you couldn't get jerseys. Well, in this country, yeah. you couldn't get jerseys. Period. Yeah. You couldn't get them. So back in the day, I was a huge Eric McMillan fan. Oh, James, he was amazing. Yeah, he had eight picks in his first rookie season, didn't he? Believable, unbelievable. There's... Him and James Hasty. He had five, and they both went to Kansas City. That's right, they did. Um, I think they played. I think they played with um, Joe Montana as well I think oh wow yeah they would have done yeah the early 90s yeah oh here's the thing if they're going to bring out these throwbacks I have had literally on my eBay account since eBay started I have waited mate you're not the only one buddy (laughs) I've been on eBay trying to find these old school jerseys with that logo unbelievable you can't get them the question is not the question isn't are you going to get one it's how many are you going to get yeah. well, how many can I have to remortgage the house at the moment <laughs> I'm getting Ken O'Brien I'm yeah. getting can we get, yeah. hang on hang on McNeil. You've got to wait, McNeil. how similar it is <laughs> you've got to wait guys because if it's not quite if it's like very similar but not quite the same it's going to look weird if you get a 
if you get yeah, I need to check. Or, it's going to look weird or gastronome. I'll end up buying it anyway, no doubt. <laughs> you got to get on with Huffmeister on the back. Uh, yeah, I've got to get him, yeah. I've got a big, uh, big list, big, big shopping list of players to get. Huffmeister with a strip. got to do a DIY t-shirt out. Yeah. For that one. Yeah. So, I think that's probably wrapping it up for this episode. Um, we'll leave it there. We've covered quite a bit. And we've had a good old chit chat. Just one together. So hopefully you're still all listening to this, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> haven't gone away just yet. But uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. And hopefully we'll have a bit of news from training camp because we've got all the training camp battles coming, which started today. Uh, the photographs are on NewYorkJets.com. And there's some absolutely incredible pictures on there, which I'm going to go and have a good look at with a glass of wine later on. And just still <laughs> Roger, unbelievable. Just can't believe that. But uh, anything you guys want to add before we knock things off? Yeah, looking forward to next week and uh, letting let the listeners know how many uh, pre-ordered this new uh, logo and these new jerseys we're going to be. <laughs> new we've got. <laughs> Freeman McNeil, I'm going to get. And let people know where they can find you on your socials. Oh, finding us on socials, there's a the thing. The best place to find this is, is, is on game day at the Hippodrome Casino. Yeah, <laughs> we will be there. Rain, Rock. shine, Physical. snow, on the tracks. If we've yeah. got to ride a llama to get into the Hippodrome for game day, yeah. we're, we'll we'll get there. So that's three drinks, find. three drinks all night at the Hippo. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's a on every single podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for coming on. Um, and we'll do this again next week. Yes, we will. Awesome. And as always, if you want to find me on socials, it's at Gustoon, or you can find me on Spotify or um, iTunes, Jets Gustoon. Gustoon's Jets podcast. Can't get my teeth in properly. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And as always, go Jets. Go Jets. Go Jets.